Welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind, the podcast for learning how to work cross-culturally with China business and with Chinese people and about China business development. Your hosts, Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge, United Kingdom, and Darren Fuchs from Thomson Gear Lawyers in Australia. Welcome back to episode two of Inside the Chinese Mind. And today we're going to be talking about modern China. So Helen, what do you think about China today? How is it different to how it was, say, 10 years ago? Oh, wow. That's a good question, Darren. You know, there's in China, there's a saying, if you're out of China for six months, mm -hmm. you're out of date. Well, I think that's pretty accurate. Because um, <laughs> yeah. looking at, uh, I mean, China has probably moved, oh, sorry, China has moved from being the factory of the world to the place of innovation. Mm. Uh, there are more graduates in science and engineering mm. in China than there are for the rest of the world combined. Mm. Uh, venture capital is uh, on the flow in China for sure. developing uh, new uh, new innovations. And the number of uh, patents, etc., being applied for in China is not as high as the US, but it is second in the world for the mm. most number of uh, patent applications in the world. Indeed. So the four sort of criteria you need for a new Silicon Valley mm. um, are all in place in China. Mm. And some of those examples, Helen, for example, the Beijing Genomics Institute or right. BGI sure. is uh, a world leader in relation to development of DNA sampling, etc. cetera. Mm. Electric vehicles and uh, the fact that Elon Musk has now suit, uh, set his... Uh, his new facility in mm. China for mm. developing electric cars, the development of electric cars in China, which you mm. did a lot of work on or uh, in your mm. PhD. Yes, um, it's um, also um, apart from the technologies that you just mentioned, mm. Darren, um, look at the uh, fast-speed train network across China. Absolutely. When I first started, um, uh, I did my university, I, I did my first degree in Peking University. My hometown is in Tianjin, so it's only about 120 kilometers. Yeah. But it used to take me in the 80s, mid 80s, um, a whole day to yep. travel back home from my university. I have to take a trolley bus. Yes. And then uh, another normal bus yes. train. Yep. And then off the train, another bus. Yes. Then I get home. But nowadays, <coughs> the fast speed train from Beijing to Tianjin is 30 minutes. Amazing. So you yeah. can do a turnaround in the mm. same day for a yeah. meeting. You know, you can stay in Beijing, go yep. to Tianjin for a meeting on the fast speed train, mm. or, you know, come back in the afternoon. You can still do yeah. something. Well, that was so, impossible in the past. Absolutely. So yeah. now that's only in a short period of 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, so the, the speed of change in China how in literally this is not just the transportation this goes in into every, every aspect yeah. of every sector in people's lives yes so we used to um i remember in beijing on the um ring road you know the um the roundabout and the, all these uh, bridges and things yes we used to see in my office uh, yeah. in a in a hotel office building uh, right underneath us is the uh, ring road, the roundabout. Yes. And sometimes we'll see uh, an older gentleman or a little, little old lady standing in the middle among oh. the cars yep. because they're lost. And the cars, yeah, and the cars because going Because they grow up in that area yes. as a child. Yes. And then they come back now and the, the world have, have moved on That's and left them. completely changed. Yep. Yeah. 
fact, Helen, I was at a client's office in Beijing mm. about six months ago and they're, re- they're outfitting their new office and they were taking right. you around to show me their mm. beautiful office mm. on the level 34 of some building mm. right in the centre of Beijing. Mm. And I said, oh, that's great furniture because they have this mm. beautiful wooden furniture everywhere mm. that's uh, you know, highly glassed, et cetera, mm. and leather inlays, et cetera. Mm. And I said, oh, did you get the furniture made here in China? They said, yeah. oh, no, it's too expensive to get furniture made in China now. We had this made in Africa. Wow. So the cheap labour concept is probably something of the past in China and that manufacturing base is now now centred on innovation as opposed to... Uh, operating as a, as the factory of the world. Indeed. Yeah. Well, in in China, there is a saying that the only constant is change. Yin mm, yang. Yin yang, exactly. Yin yang. So um, this is part of um, uh, we call it the um, core concept of the Chinese culture. Yeah. Is the yin yang concept. So to best illustrate this, um, it's the story of Sai Wang. Uh, it's in ancient culture, but we mm. study this. Every Chinese in our primary school, we yes. study this story. Yeah. Is this uh, he, Sai Wang is a very wise old um, old man who's respected in the village, and <clears throat> one day he lost his he lost his horse. His neighbors all said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you lost your horse." He said, "Oh, it may not be necessarily be a bad thing." Mm. And the next day, the horse returned. Yes. And the neighbor said, oh, you're right. You know, the horse returned. <laughs> he says, well, it may not necessarily be a good thing. <laughs> and his son rode the horse yes. and fell yep. and broke his leg. Yep. So the neighbors all said, well, surely now this is a bad thing. Hmm. He said, well, not necessarily. And shortly after that, there's a war broken out in the neighboring states. Yes. So because his son has a broken leg, he's hmm. not summoned to hmm. fight the war. So the the moral of the story is that you 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 can't really say one thing is good or bad no. because the environment, because of the change, yeah. because of the context. Some good concepts there about Chinese culture, isn't it? Because mm. Western culture is very much on or off, mm. uh, uh, black or white. Mm. Yeah, we tend to yeah. clef- clarify or sorry, we categorize things like that. We yeah. put things yeah. into the boxes, and yeah. uh, we will. Where Chinese culture might be at a yeah apply a, a dichotomy of views on the same issue at the absolutely. same time. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, internal conflicts yes. are not necessarily bad in the Chinese culture. Mm, mm. Mm. And and very much IP rights, I can talk on the legal side or contractual rights. Sure. Um, IP rights are something that is developing in China mm. and there's certainly a lot of IP applications, etc., intellectual mm. property right applications. Mm. But uh, if you take centres like Guangzhou where... Mm. where which are hubs for probably the Chinese-style Silicon Valley mm. of the world, mm. IP rights are not highly protected. No. Right? No. Yeah, even I often get asked, you know, how do we, how do Chinese interpret IP? Mm. How do we protect our IP? Mm. Um, my view is always you protect your IP wherever you can. Yep. But the best way is to always be a step further and then you competition. Yep. Um, just on that, there was a... A true, um, actually, a true um, situation. I had um, uh, one situation where um, during the Beijing Olympics, mm. uh, I was giving a book talk at the embassy. Mm. Um, there's a lot of Australian uh, delegates here. Mm. They all came to see the um, Beijing Olympics, but also to learn what's going on with China and the Chinese market. 
after the talk, one of the delegate says to me, "Oh, Helen, I I really resonated with what you said there." But he said, um, um, "I actually went when I was down in Guangzhou、oh. in this area,、um, in actually Dongguan, where all、yep. the factories are." Yeah. He said, "I met my best copycat. They make <laughs> everything that I make. Yeah. Just that much cheaper." Yeah. But slightly, no, slightly not not as good as mine because、oh. the material they use、yeah. is slightly cheaper, so、yep. they can. So、Low、I said,、price. I said, dear, I said, what did you do?、Mm. He said, well, I offered、um, the owner to buy him out or start a joint venture with him.、Mm. <laughs> And is... I said, what did he say? He said he refused because he signed up contracts for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very different concept to intellectual、yeah. property rights in China. Indeed. Yeah.、Um, it, it is. I mean, as the market is developing, people are getting more and more educated in the business sense. Uh, the Chinese, particularly as you were saying, Darren, they're becoming、yeah. more. They have their own inventions now, their、yes. own technology、yep. and investment. They realize the value and the need to protect brand and IP. But before, the Chinese saying is that everything under the sun has already been invented. Yes, it's just、yeah. because of our culture、yeah. has been so long, so、mm. people have a more a relaxed. Type of、yes. attitude.、Yeah. So、um, again, like we were saying, this is not right or wrong. It's just the way people see things differently. Yeah, and it's very much a, the concept of you don't succeed in business by trying to enforce your IP rights. You succeed in business by continuing to do, to develop and be better than the next guy. Absolutely, yeah. And also, perhaps in China, it's more so in developing trusting. And long-term relationships、mm-hmm. with either your partners or your、um, competition, even or、mm. your suppliers and and your employees,、yes. and it's it's more a holistic、uh, relationship、yep. and investment. Yes. So we've probably shaken some、uh, listeners already in that we've talked about two concepts that are different to Western society. One is that there is no certainty or constancy. In China, or in how Chinese businesses operated around the world,、uh, one thing in, in that、uh, Western business likes is likes certainty. Sure. So it likes the government not to make changes, etc.、Mm. Where in the Chinese culture,、mm. that's an impossibility. It continually、yes. changes. Even if they were fully developed, things would still change and evolve. Absolutely.、Mm. The second is about IP rights and how、uh, how innovation is the level where China is at now. Now nations go through. Uh, say agricultural or agrarian、mm. business first, then they、mm. develop into manufacturing,、mm. then they develop into、uh, let's say acquiring other people's IP for、mm. a long time, which is、mm. what America was doing to England、right. 150 years ago, and the、sure. English were complaining terribly about how the Americans were stealing all the English IP.、Ah. Uh, and once China has now passed that and、mm. is now the innovation place of the world, it's、yeah. developing IP. Yes. Uh, that is the envy of the rest of the world in various areas, such as high-speed trains, electric vehicles, uh, uh,、um, uh, DNA sampling, etc. So there's many areas where China is very well developed and beyond Western world in many areas.、Mm. So there's there's a couple of areas. What about contract law? How is that operated differently in、uh, China? Wow! Any experience there, Helen? Yeah. How, <laughs> how long have we got? I think, Darren, we should keep this topic for the next、uh, podcast. Let's do that because、yes. that's a that's a topic in itself. Absolutely. To yes. Yes. But a little <laughs> expansion on where we're at on those first two topics is 
there's a whole host of areas where Chinese companies are now looking to expand into the Western world, mm. such as in high-speed train technology. Mm. Now, China can develop uh, railway networks at mm. one-third to one-fifth of the cost of American companies, for example, right. and about half the cost of what uh, French companies have been developing high-speed trains at. Mm. So imagine taking that into yeah. Australia or into the US or into Europe sure. or other parts of the world, and that's where large companies like Crick, CCEC and CCCC from China, which are very large companies. Mm. Uh, Crick has, for example, 280,000 employees mm. and is responsible for about two-thirds of the electric uh, rail network in China, mm. is now looking to expand overseas with that business. Sure. Mm. So imagine a yeah. company with techniques and skills mm. uh, and a huge base of manufacturing, tunneling equipment, yeah. bridge equip uh, building equipment, etc. Yeah. And finances, like you wouldn't believe, are able to now expand across the rest of the world. Yeah, having said that, Darren, I think for the Chinese, the challenge is also to understand the local culture. Absolutely. And the same, the reverse, will stand. Um, And I guess by acquiring companies, by doing things in the way that allows them to learn how to respect the local culture, hmm. how to um, integrate themselves successfully into the local community, the business community. That becomes Absolutely. their challenge. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, hmm. probably up until 2013, hmm. Chinese companies were almost wholly unsuccessful Absolutely. in their investments overseas. Yes. And are now starting to realize the pattern is not to take China and try to push it into Western society, but find out how to operate in the West. Yes. Part of that building of the bridge that we're talking about here. Yeah. So maybe another podcast, Darren, we could talk about the um, uh, nature of the Chinese companies. I know you say CCCC and CNCC, but for a lot of listeners, they don't really mean uh, anything anything to them. So let's do that next. Let's do that another time. All right. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thank you. We're, we're, we're beaming out from Cambridge, UK, uh, out to you on how to develop business in China. I look forward to talking to with you at our next podcast. Thanks, Helen. Thank you, Darren. And if you guys, listeners, have any questions or requests, let us know and we will be here. We will try to help you. Thank you for one flight with